0: Would you turn to our text again this morning. John chapter 13. John 13. Well in John the 13th chapter. Let's continue today. Talking about the love of God. John 13. 34. Jesus said. A new commandment. I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you that you also love one another by this shall all men know that you're my disciples if you have love one to another how will people know that we are a real Christian church by how we love who each other. Now, this is not loving the world. We are to care about the lost in the world. But that's not specifically what this command says. This passage he's dealing with loving who? Each other. He's talking to his disciples. This refers to your fellow Christian. And so how we treat each other. And not just how we treat each other, but how we treat the other churches in town. Amen. And the other ministries. Because even though they go to another building... And even though they have a different name or a different denomination on their sign, if they're born again, they're our brother. Amen. Amen. And we really ought not to see them any differently than if they were sitting in the chair here beside you. Alleluia. Right? Yeah. Because how many believe there's not going to be segregation in heaven? Amen. Huh? You won't yeah. be tooling along in heaven and somebody meets you and go, Oh, you can't come through here. This is the Baptist part of town. <laughs> Are you Baptist? (laughs) No, you can't come through here. You can't come through here. This is Catholic part of heaven. Uh-uh. Oh, do to go down the south side of heaven. (laughs) No, it's not going to be segregated in heaven according to age or sex or color or persuasion, denomination. It's just going to be heaven. Huh? And you'll be welcome anywhere. You can fellowship with anybody, anywhere in heaven. Didn't he say, pray thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven? So uh, we love our, our Baptist brothers and our Catholic brothers and our Lutheran brothers and our Presbyterian brothers and Charismatic brothers and Pentecostal brothers, right? Do we really? Do we really? And don't, don't argue with folk over doctrine if you can avoid it. You know what I mean by that? Just just smile and be sweet and, and disagree without being disagreeable. <laughs> just smile and, you know, if you can't agree on a certain point, just go, well, you know, I, maybe we just don't agree on that. But I like you. Huh? And we all go to heaven, right? He said this is how all men will know that we are the Lord's disciples in how we love each other. Now, back up and look at it again. What's the commandment love one another. that we love one another? Each other. How? As he loved us. Just like He loved and loves us. We talked about how that you must uh, receive love to give love. Such as you have, that's what you that's what you can give. If you're full of depression, you're not going to minister joy. You understand that? If you're full of doubt and unbelief, you're not going to minister faith. And it's not just you're preaching at people that's going to win them. It's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. And when they see the goodness of God, it's not just you quoting a scripture, but them seeing the reality of it in your life, seeing the light in your eyes, hearing the joy in your voice. I mean, it, it blesses me. I was looking around this morning, and, and a lot of people seem genuinely happy. Yeah. Amen. 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 And man, that's a good indicator to me. That's a sign of a healthy church. Yes. You know, the bunch, bless the heart, there's some people that just don't know any better, but the bunch that's always crying and moaning and always sad and depressed over the, it seems like a, a legitimate thing, they're depressed over the woes of the world. And sad and down over how bad things are. Well, the Lord told us it's going to get worse in the world. But we're in the world, but not of the world. And he said there you'll have some tribulation in the world. But what? Be of good cheer. He didn't say you'll have some problems in the world. So be depressed. (laughs) It's, It's going to get dark, man. It's going to get bad. So cry every chance you get. Huh? No. No. What did he say? You know, there'll be tribulation in the world, but be of good cheer. Amen. Are you in here this morning? Are you awake? Yeah. Then I don't care if you have to whip out some toothpicks and prop up the corners of your mouth and do it by faith. Be of good cheer. Amen. Look at somebody say, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer, brother. Be of good cheer, sister. What does that mean? Cheer up. Turn, tell somebody else. Cheer up. Cheer up. Cheer up. 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 Now say, okay. I mean, there's nothing worse—not a worse witness than a depressed Christian. It's a contradiction of terminology. Jesus is, is the Christ. Christians are Christians. Those like the Christ. Well the Christ means the anointed one. Well he's not anointed with depression. What did the Bible say? In Hebrews it said you have loved righteousness. And you have hated iniquity. Therefore God even your God has anointed you with the oil of gladness. Above your brethren was Jesus anointed with the oil of gladness. Was he a happy Jesus? Yeah. Was he a, see, you know, so many of the pictures you see, Jesus is so sad. Right? Isn't it? So many of the statues you see. Oh, he's so... And people have gotten the impression, Jesus is sad and God is mad. They do. Jesus is sad and God is mad. And so that's why you see so many Christians sad and mad. If they're not mad, they're sad about something. they're not sad about something, they're mad about something else. But no. Yeah, Jesus in the garden for that time, he was grieved and he was in distress. But how many know he's not in the garden today? He's not on the cross today. He's not in the tomb today. And how many know for his years of ministry in his life, before that, he didn't live in depression. Little kids loved him. Little kids don't love depressed people. Little kids don't love grouchy people, do they? No, little kids like to play. Phyllis and I were watching some things on an animal show the other day. It was amazing. Every little animal they showed, and about every adult animal they showed, wanted to play. They had this guy, this little rhinoceros. And this little rhinoceros played until he about beat this guy up. And he wouldn't quit. He just wanted to play. He wasn't three weeks old and he'd buck and jump. Little monkeys want to play. Dogs want to play. Cats want to play. Why don't you want to play? <laughs> I said, Well, I'm, I'm an adult. I, I've grown. And the Lord said, unless you be converted and become like a little child, you won't enter into the things of God. Well, little children like to play. Don't they? They like to have fun. Do you understand? Heaven is a fun place. Heaven is a fun place. There's no depression. Have you read Revelation? No more sorrow. No more crying. No more whoo! No more dying. No more. There are no mental institutions in heaven. None. There are no cemeteries in heaven. There are no hospitals in heaven. Ain't nobody singing the blues on the street corner. Nobody. Nobody. It's joy unspeakable and full of glory. Full of glory. Full of glory, it is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Oh, the hat has never yet been told. And when does it start? When does it start? Did he say, thy will be done right here on earth, even as it is in heaven? You know, that's why a lot of people are not Christians. Because they have relatives who are. (laughs) Do you know that? It's it's a fact. They think, well, you know, if being a Christian is being like old Uncle Joe, then forget it. Because they're not happy. Always holier than thou and judging somebody and griping and, and gossiping about somebody and backbiting and finding fault. And when not doing that, complaining about something. That's not the true Christian life. You know one reason a lot of the world has not received Christianity. Is because they've never seen real Christianity. Did you hear me? In their areas they haven't seen true Christianity. True Christianity is victory. Amen. Amen. This is the victory that overcomes the whole world. Even our faith. Real Christianity is joyous. Peaceful. Healing. Prosperity. Mercy, not judgment, mercy. Mercy, forgiveness, goodness. And it's this goodness that does what? Leads people to God, to repent, to change. Amen. I just thought I'd exhort you a little bit this morning on that. Amen. Lord, you believe that? I'll tell you what, I... We, we're we going to stay after this until when people pull in the parking lot they feel like jumping they feel like shouting going whoo glory and then they see you and they go man I got to get what they got did you hear me oh, some of you didn't get that they think they're blessed and then they come in here and sit down beside you hmm And then they come in here and see you and they go, whoo, look at them. You can tell they're blessed, just look at them. Look at them. Look at the joy on that man. Look at the peace on that woman. Oh, we got to get what they got. Hmm? The best advertisement for the kingdom is right there. You. Amen. Results. You're the testimony. You're the proof. Amen. Amen. If it doesn't work in you, why should they get it? But it does work in you. Amen. Glory Amen. to God. Thank you. Well, go with me, if you would, this morning to the book of 1 John. Y'all listen so good. I get to preaching about side journeys. 1 John. Are we blessed or are we blessed? My word! I tell you, all day yesterday, I think that's that's what I all day. I don't think I went very many minutes without saying thank you, Lord. I just, glory to God, I walked around in my backyard and looked at my trees and said, thank you, Lord, thank you for this tree. Thank you. I'm going to cut that bush down, but thank you for that one. <laughs> But just thanking God all day long, walking through my house and and seeing everything God's done for me. Are, are you like me? I know a lot of you. I mean, I came from nothing. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, dumb as a post, mud between my toes. You know what I'm talking about? And and uh, you know, believing God to get to a used mobile home. Anybody been there? You know what I'm talking about? Not, not, not a new mobile home, not even a nice mobile home. Just just a mobile home. Believe in God for eight, not a nice car, just a car. One that would run is better. You ever drove a car all winter without a heater? You think your feet will never be the same. I had to drive, I think it was like 25 miles to work and back all one winter without a heater. Good gracious. I got one now. Just got climate control. Just put the number in there. Remember what I'm talking about? 72 and auto. Got that in my house too. Anybody got that in your house? Just put 72 auto. Humidity. Whoo. I mean, I remember couldn't go to sleep at night. You ever try to go to sleep when it's 95 degrees at night, no air conditioning, and we had one oscillating fan? Anybody know what an oscillating fan is? You don't know if it's a blessing or a curse. (laughs) You're laying there, and a little breeze comes by, and you go, "Whew!" And then it goes away. Ah man! (laughs) And then here comes back. That's a little bit, but it's just blowing hot air. I mean, the hot air is 90 degrees and then it goes away. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Thank God for air conditioning. Now, if you're if you're in the wore out trailer with the oscillating fan, don't despair. You're saved. Huh? I mean, that's it. That's the big thing. But God will bring you up. I said, He'll bring you up. The Bible said He brings people up off the dung heap. He brings people out of the garbage pile and sits them with princes. That's what the scripture says. If you'll believe it. Now, if you sit there and cry and feel sorry for yourself and believe other things, then you'll stay there. But if you'll begin to believe God, you'll come up. I said, You'll come up. First John 4, are you there? I've been having a time preaching. My notes this morning. First John four. <laughs> First John, the fourth chapter. This entire chapter deals strongly with the subject of the love of God, but let's skip down to the. Uh, let's see the eighteenth verse. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear because fear has torment. He that fears is not made perfect in love. We love him. Why? Because he first loved us. Now keep that in mind now. You didn't love him first. He loved you before you knew him. Romans says he loved us while we were yet his enemies. Is that right? You understand, the Lord will never ask you or tell you to do something that he has not done himself. You understand that? He'll not tell you to love somebody that doesn't like you, and he wouldn't do it. He's already done it. He does it all the time. He sends his rain, and that means blessing, on the just and the unjust. Amen? He gives oxygen and sunshine to infidels. And atheists. Right? Just like he does you. Why? Because he's good. He's gracious. He's merciful. So when he tells us to love even those who are unlovely. Those who don't like us. This is something he does himself. He loved us before we, we knew him and loved him. Verse 20. If a man say, I love God. And he hates his brother. He's a liar. Now that's real plain, isn't it? For he that loves not his brother whom he's seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loved God love his brother also. Is it a fact that your love for God is demonstrated in your love for your brother? Is that a fact? It's a fact. You can't say, I love God, but I don't care for people. Hmm? Well, oh, I, I love God, but man, these people. How many of you have children? What if I said, I well, now, me, you and I are buds. I like you. But I can't stand your kids. I hate your boy. And what if I said, "Now I like you, now you and I are buds, but you know, I treated your kid like dirt. I kicked them when they were down. Can you and I still be the best best friends? Huh? That's just not going to work. Is it? In fact, if I didn't do anything for you, but I helped your kid, I got a buddy with you in you. Is that right? Oh, man, I mean, I mean, I didn't do anything for you, but I was there for your kid, and I bailed your child out, and I helped your child. Well, even without knowing you, I got a friend in you. Do you understand God loves all his kids? Even the mean ones? Even the stupid ones? <laughs> what do you mean by that? Brother? The ones that just won't listen? The hard-headed ones? the rebellious ones he loves them all he loves every one of his kids as much as he loves you as much as he loves me and if you want to be close to him you got to treat his kids right hm it just does not cut it to you know be mean to one of his kids and and hold a grudge and and lash out and and hurt or or steal or do something to one of his kids, and you're going to come in church and go, Oh, Lord, I love you. I love you. You and I. Oh, man, God, we're thick. You and I. He's going to want to go, Hey, what about what you did to my boy? What about what you did to my girl? You cannot separate your fellowship with God from your fellowship with the rest of his kids. Do you understand that? If you love God, how will we know it? It will be demonstrated by how you treat his kids. Do you know, uh, husbands, one of the strongest motivations you ought to have for treating your wife right is realizing who your father-in-law is? (laughs) Realizing who her daddy is? Is God? Did you hear me? Wives, one of the strongest motivations you should have for treating your husband right is remembering who his daddy is? Absolutely. This starts at home, doesn't it? Your wife, your husband, your children, your parents, your family can see exactly how much you love God by how you treat them. Thank you for those two-week amens. It's a fact, isn't it? The Lord said in, in John 14, we won't take time to in fact, you'd be turning please to Ephesians, the fourth chapter. But listen while you turn. Can you do that? Yes, listen while you turn. Ephesians 4. In John 14, the Lord said, the one that loves me will keep my commandments. Right? Yeah. And, and my Father uh, will come and, and we'll make our abode with him. And, and I'll manifest myself to him. But the one that, that doesn't keep my commandments is the one that doesn't love me. Well, we read his first and primary commandment is that we love each other. Now, here's the central theme I have on my heart for you this morning. Our love for other people is based first and foremost on our love for God. I love you for you, but I love you first because I love God. Now, let me, let me give you some detail on this as we go. How do we love each other? As he loved us. Now look in Ephesians, the fourth chapter, and he brings this up in specific language that how we love each other. Ephesians 4. Are you there? Ephesians, the fourth chapter, and verse 30. Ephesians 4:30 grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed to the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. So it's not okay to be that way with people, is it? To be bitter or enraged or angry or to speak evil against, put all that stuff away and be what? be ye kind. One to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another. How? Even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Do you know why, one, one of the first and primary reasons why God loves you? He loves you for you. But he loved you when you didn't know him or didn't care, when you were his enemy. How can he do that? How can you love somebody who hates you? You're not going to have a bunch of warm and fuzzies for them. And they're stealing from you and lying about you and doing things behind your back and backstabbing you and undercutting you and undermining you. You're not going to feel like loving them, are you? No, you're not. The person that says they are lied about it or are confused. No, you're going to have other feelings. Somebody slaps you, what will you feel like doing? Now, if you don't believe that, let's set up a chair right now and, and do an experiment. We'll give you a good pop and ask you how you feel right now. I assure you, you will feel like popping somebody back. That's the nature of your flesh. Somebody talks about you, you feel like talking about them. Somebody hurts you, you feel like hurting them. But the love of Christ constrains us. Can you say amen? Amen. And enables us with control. So that we don't have to act like we feel. But how can I act like I love somebody that doesn't care for me? How do we love each other? As the Lord loves us. How did God love us when we were his enemies? He did it for Christ's sake. Did you hear that? Look at it again. Be kind one to another. Can you be kind to somebody that's mean to you? Huh? Ask you again real slow. Can you be kind to someone who is mean to you? Yes, you can. You can do it by faith. Be tender-hearted. Can you be tender-hearted when you feel like being hard-hearted? When you feel like writing them off and say, "Well, forget them. Good enough for them. They made their bed hard. Let them lay in it. Maybe they'll learn a lesson." You'll be tempted to be hard-hearted with people, especially people you're around the most, people you know the best, you know the most about their mistakes. But listen, if you're smart, you'll sow mercy because you're going to reap some mercy down the line. Sow mercy. Forgiving one another, how do you do it? Even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. Well, back up to John 14. Hold your place in Ephesians. I hope you guys are awake now. pay pay close attention in the next few minutes because this is the enemy doesn't want you to get this God does John 14 in uh, verse 21 John 14 21 he that has my commandments and keeps them he it is that loves me he that loves me Shall be loved of my Father. Now let's stop right there. Why does the Father love you? Huh? Come on. Let me read it again now. He that has my commandments and keeps them. He it is that loves me. Well he just got through telling us. Just a few verses before. That we he commanded us to love each other. So if we love the Lord. What will we do? We will love each other. Because we feel like loving each other. No. There'll be times you don't feel like it. But you'll do it anyway. Why? Huh? Because you love him. Oh friends are you staying with me now? Stay with me close. He said. And he that loves me. Shall be loved of my father. Why does the father love you? Because you love Jesus. Did you get this? Because if he'd have been looking for stuff to love in you and me. Before we were saved. It'd have been hard to find. Right? To love us? To what, What's to love about us? If you're full of sin. And you're completely unrighteous. And antagonistic against God and all of his ways. But the moment you look up and you say. I believe on Jesus. And Lord Jesus, I love you. You don't have to do one thing for the Father God to love you. Beyond that, the moment you love Jesus, the Father loves you. You are accepted in Christ. If you love Him, if you love Jesus, the Father loves you. For no other reason than that you love Jesus. Now He loves you for yourself too. But this, do you see what we're talking about? This enables you to love people who are doing nothing for you emotionally. This enables you to love people who are giving you nothing, giving you no reason to love them in the natural. Both in your love and in your service, you do it because of your love for God. Keep reading. Verse 23, Jesus answered and said, if a man love me, he'll do what? He'll keep my words and my father will love him and we'll come to him and make our abode with him. Go back to Ephesians if you're holding your place there. Now notice, Ephesians, you're there in the fourth chapter. Verse 1 of chapter 5, 5 1, be followers of God as dear children, walk in love, how? As Christ has loved us and has given Himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling Savior. Do you remember one of the last things that Jesus said before He went to the cross? He said that the world may know that I love the Father, I give myself, I offer myself. And he went on to face the cross. He did that because he loved us. But first and foremost, he did it because he loved the Father. And the Father asked him to do it for us. And if the love for us was not the strong enough motivator, the love for the Father put it over the top. Are you all with me? If your love for a person... Is not motivating you strongly enough. This is what you tap into. Because see people who are carnal. Carnal Christians. Are always monitoring people to see if they merit my love. If they deserve my loyalty. If they deserve my submission. Or my faithfulness. You know submission doesn't apply just uh, wives submitting to husbands. It applies to men submitting to the civil authorities, people submitting to pastors, people submitting to their bosses, to the civil authorities, your your president. How can you do it? I've, he- I've heard women say, I can't submit to that man. Well, now, first of all, I didn't write the Bible. And nobody you know. But mer- listen to this phrase. What did the Bible say? Husbands, love your wives. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husband, that's not to every man. To your own husband, how? As unto the Lord. Even if, some, if it's a husband, if it's a boss, if it's a, a, a civil leader, if it's a pastor, you may not be able to respect everything a person in authority says and does, but you can, out of your love and respect for God... Honor the position. Did you hear me? And render service and render submission and render faithfulness to people that from the natural might not seem to merit or be worthy of your service and loyalty. But you're not doing it just for them. You're doing it unto the Lord. Are you with me? Do you understand? Let me go over it again slowly. Well, no, let me read this first. Then I'll go over it again slowly. Ephesians, the sixth chapter, Ephesians 6 and verse 5, he said, servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling in singleness of your heart. How? As unto Christ, the Anointed One. Now, somebody said, "Well, but I'm I'm nobody's servant." Well, then you're not God's. Well, yeah, but I don't serve any man. That's how you serve the Lord. Hmm. Amen. And all you got to do to make this more modern too is to put in there employees. Be obedient to your employers. I don't think you even got it. One amen off of that. Huh? Somebody said, "Yeah, but now you you don't understand what kind of people they are." Okay, hold your place. (laughs) Go to First Peter. I can't submit to that man. He's a he's a big old beer belly, foul mouth, dope smoking, mean rascal. I can't submit to him. Can you submit to the Lord? That's the question. If you can submit to the Lord, then it's going to be revealed in your submission and service to people. 1 Peter 2. 1 Peter 2, verse 18. Servants, be subject to your own masters with all fear. Not only to the good and gentle, but also to the froward. Froward means surly, overbearing, even unjust and crooked. How could you be subject to a surly, overbearing, unjust and crooked person? Well, first of all, you got to make sure, are you supposed to be there? Are you supposed to be there? Well, there are times that you are supposed to be there, and the Lord did not promise you that everybody at the church, or everybody at the job, or everybody at that place was going to be nice to you and treat you right. They should, but there are no guarantees. People have a free will. They can be mean, they can do ugly stuff, but that doesn't mean that you cry and throw down your tools and say, I'm leaving. Huh? That doesn't mean that you holler and get mad and and, and clean out your desk and I'm gone. I don't have to take this. Are you sure? Are you sure you you don't have to take it? Who's your Lord? If Jesus is really your Lord, you can't just join a church when you want to and leave it when you decide to do something different. You can't just take a job when you want to and change jobs or change companies. If Jesus is your Lord, you stay where you're assigned. And if need be, you endure hardness as a good soldier. How can I do it? If people are not treating me right, you do it as unto the Lord. Amen. 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 This this is something that's held me steady through the years. There's been times concerning, us, you know, doing things with certain people that if I was just going to be doing it for them, I wouldn't have done it. The motivation just wasn't enough. Did you hear me? But I don't just serve men, I serve the Lord. You know, millions of Christians come to church and primarily they just look at each other and they think, Well, I, you know, I just don't know if I, if I want to give or not. Well, I, I like our little preacher pretty good, so I believe I'll give today. Have no clue. It ain't about your preacher. You're supposed to be giving to God. Unto God. Well, I like that song pretty good. Makes me want to pat my foot. I think I'll join in. Think you're singing with the group. We're supposed to be singing unto the Lord. Well, I don't know. Maybe I will act on what that preacher's saying and, and, and go out and serve somebody. Uh, you know, I like them pretty good. Maybe I'll do that. See, so you got your eyes on people. Eyes on, and so if you don't like them so much, or if they rub you the wrong way, well now you're not going to serve, you're not going to give, you're not going to sing, you're not going to pray. And how many people, because a leader has failed, they quit God? Quit going to church. Well, now look, I'm not planning on it. But if I went crazy tomorrow, (laughs) I got a free will. I could do something stupid. On the way back from church today, I could stop and rob someplace. I got a pistol. (laughs) But you know, I'm believing I'm not that stupid. (laughs) But if I did... If I tried to run off with the building fun or or some stupid thing, I hope you've got enough sense to realize that that just meant Keith let you down. Not God. Huh? God has never let you down. Hmm? Never. And he never will. And I hope that what you're doing, you're not just doing just for my benefit or for Phyllis's or for just any other Christian or any other ministry. But you do what you do as unto the Lord. You're living. You're giving. You're praying. You're praising. You're service. You do everything you do as unto the Lord. And friend, when you live with this mentality, your whole life will come up in excellence. Your whole life will come up in excellence. I mean, if you're in heaven, and I, I don't think the, the golden streets get dusty, but if they did, and the Lord came by and said, Brother, you know, would you sweep this for me? You're not going to say, well, that's not my ministry. <laughs> this is the Lord talking to you. You're not going to look at the Lord and tell him that's not your ministry. How I mean, if the Lord asked you to sweep the street, what would you do? Would you go, that's good enough. It's going to get dirty again anyway. Huh? If if the Lord himself asked you to clean the street, how many believe you would clean the street? I mean, get it where you can eat on it. Right? You'd do the very best you knew how to do. But see, people don't understand, every day of your life, that's what you're doing. What you're doing is as unto the Lord. We must come up in honor. We must come up in excellence. And the thing that'll help us to do it day in and day out is realizing that what we're doing is unto the Lord. We're doing this unto Him. Amen? Amen. And that'll make you stop and say, I think, I believe I can do better. Why? Because this is, this is the Lord's stuff. This is unto Him. I believe I can do better. Keep reading. He said, do it as unto Christ. Verse 6. What? Not with eye service as men pleasers. What does that mean? It means you do it one way when people are watching you, and you do it another way when they're not. That means it is not real to you that you're doing this to the Lord. Because He sees you when nobody else is around. Right? That didn't have the impact it should have. Think about it. Think about it. Why would somebody do a job one way when somebody's looking at them. And then as soon as they walk away they do it differently. Because they're not aware the Lord is still there. Right? It's not real to them that he's still there. And they're doing it for to be seen of men. Which means you are doing it unto man. And it's such a big problem in the church that people do. They give a gift in the church. And one of their biggest reasons is they want to see your response. And they want to see what kind of recognition they get out of it. Well, then they didn't do it unto the Lord. Because when you do it unto the Lord, if nobody ever says a word about it, it's okay. You didn't just do it for people. Right? I said you didn't just do it for people. You did it unto Him. And He'll never forget he keeps good records. Right? Yeah. Don't always be pulling for somebody to pat you on the back and tell you how wonderful you are. you watch that. People who do things unto man, if you don't pump them up pretty regular they'll quit. They'll quit serving. They'll quit coming because they don't feel like that they're, well, I just don't feel like I'm appreciated. I just don't feel like they appreciate me around there. Is that why you're doing it? For people to appreciate you? Are you doing it unto the Lord? If you're doing it unto the Lord. You know he knows every ounce of perspiration you put into it. He knows every bit of effort. He knows every sacrifice. He knows every seed you've sown. He'll never forget it. Some things will come out in this life. And the ones that don't come out. It'll be even better when they come out later. Amen. Keep reading. Keep reading. Not with eye service, as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God, how? From the heart, heart. with good will, doing service, doing service how? As to the Lord and not to men, knowing Do you know it? Knowing that whatever good thing any man does, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. Everybody say unto the Lord. Lord. Do it unto the Lord. Unto the Lord. Lord. For the Lord's sake is another phrase that you'll see. For the love of God. And what we mean by, by that is because of our love for God. You know, there's been cases where we had opportunity to serve people. We served the Hagans for a number of years. Glad to do it. And the Lord helped us to be faithful in some things over a period of time. I mean, there was year after year, we were there for everything and we were able to serve in every area without lacking, without stopping, without missing. But the thing that kept me faithful there for 20 years, everybody say 20 years. 20 years, 20 years wasn't just my love for Brother Hagen, though I do love him. He's my father in the faith, and I really love him, and he loves me, and I and, and I love his. But I'll be frank with you, that's not enough to keep you at the degree of fervency and faithfulness and excellence for two decades. Did you hear me? You know what would cause me, we'd get in from our own meetings, I'd be tired, we'd have stuff piled up in the office, and it was time to do something to serve them. You know what would make me come run up run in there, throw water on my face, get dressed, and let's head out again to help them? I love God. Now, I wasn't just doing this for Brother Hagen. Are you with me? Yes. I love him, but... I'm doing this first and foremost because I love God and he dealt with me to do that. Amen. Amen? So yeah, I'm serving Brother Hagin, but first and foremost, I'm serving the Lord. I'm serving him. Why are you giving? Why are you doing? Why are you working? I'm doing it as unto the Lord. Men could fail you. Men could mess up. Men could stop, but God will be there. And if you serve the Lord, you're going to be steady. And if you're not just looking at men and doing things unto them, you won't get offended. You won't get miffed. You won't quit God. If, if your preachers go crazy, you'll just say, well, God, I ain't going nowhere. It's me and you. <laughs> What's next? I'm here. I'm ready. You never fail. People can let you down. But when you're doing things as unto the Lord, it won't shake you. It won't rock you. I know a number of years ago, the Lord had used me in a big meeting to get up and say some things and do some things. Well, it rubbed some particular ministers the wrong way. I wish I could say that's the last time that happened, but it wasn't. (laughs) One thing you'll find about me, if I believe the Lord's told me to say it and do it, I don't care if it hair lips the devil and makes everybody mad. I I will do it. Why? Because I will stand before the Lord one day. And you won't be there. And other folk won't be there. Let's be me. Amen. And, and I will give an account for what, you know, he told me to do. And uh, the Lord's helped me in these areas. There have been times I've just waded right on into stuff and gone where angels fear to tread. But uh, the Lord has helped us. But on this particular occasion, I was very bold. I got up my sudden and did some things. And um, I believed it was right. And the people that were in charge of the meeting believed it was right. But some other folk didn't. And, oh, man, they wrote me an ugly gram. <laughs> Anybody know what an ugly gram is? Not a telegram. Ugly gram. And they proceeded to tell me how ignorant and inexperienced I was and how I had no business get up trying to say something like that and this and that. Well, my first thought was, now, hey, this was not your meeting. And I was under the authority of the person that was, and they seemed perfectly pleased with what I did, and they don't realize how out of line they are. Hmm? You know, the Bible says, if you judge somebody else, you're guilty of the same thing. Romans 2, look this up sometime, think about it. You, you know, I've had people before, they got irritated because I didn't stop everything and give them a half a day. Had no idea what I was doing. Had, had not a clue, not a clue what was going on in my life. Had no idea how busy I was on a certain particular time. But they just, I mean, demanded, am I right? Demanded. That I give them X amount of time. And if I didn't, then I'm not a real minister and not a real this or that. Who do you think you are? You're some kind of rock star? You're some kind of untouchable? Who do you think you are? Now listen to this. Listen to this. What they're judging me, right, as being insensitive and untouchable and unavailable as to thinking I'm, I'm special. Well, what are they doing? here we got hundreds of people in here hundreds of you you come in here every service and you get filled up and you praise God and shout and you turn around and go out the door and don't ask for a thing why do they think they're so special Amen. you see what they're doing they're judging me for thinking I'm above some, and they're doing exactly what they're judging me for Amen. requiring special attention now we want to be here for people when they really require it but you know I'm not the savior. Did you know that? I'm not the healer. I'm not the holy ghost. I have the holy ghost, but I'm not the holy ghost. I'm not the provider. How many know you got the holy ghost inside of you? You can hear from God. You can get results. And I don't care. You know, thank God if you if you love me and respect me, but unless the Lord gives me something, it would just be my opinion. And that's not better than anybody else's opinion. Are you with me? And if I got something good, I got it from God. You got the same God in you. Hmm? Yeah. But these folk wrote this ugly ground. Remember that? (laughs) And I mean, they let me have it. And I'll be honest with you, it aggravated me. This was several years ago too. I hadn't grown as much as I have now. I can still be aggravated. Don't misunderstand. (laughs) But, uh, But it did. Because... To me, they were in subordination. They weren't respecting the leaders of the meeting. And they're trying to chew on me behind their back. And they're trying to cause strife. And it just, it was a bad thing. And I knew the leaders very, very well. And I thought, well, I believe I'll just go sit down in their office and ask them what they think about this. And I knew that that could uh, shake some trees. How many know what I'm talking about? Because they might say, they might see it the way I did and thought, well, now, who do they think they are? I was the one in charge of that. And if I think it's okay, who are they to come behind my back and try to correct you and do, I I realized where that could go. So I'm praying about it, you know, kind of getting ready to go see them. And the Lord asked me, he said, "Uh, why don't you write them a letter and apologize? (laughs) I thought, huh? Lord, is that you? What is that? I'm praying for a while longer and it kept coming. You know, you ever been stirred up about something, anybody besides me? You ever been aggravated about something? You think, you're wanting to kick a can over or something, you know? And the Lord said, Won't you write him a letter and apologize? Well, finally, I realized this is the Lord talking to me. I thought, Apologize? I thought you dealt with me to say that. He said, I did. I said, what am I going to be apologizing for then? I can't apologize for you. He said, no, but do you think that you did everything perfectly in in what I dealt with you to do? You think there was no room that you couldn't have said it in a better way or with more grace or with more love or with more wisdom? I said, no, sir. I'm sure I could have said it better (laughs) with more love (laughs) he said well then there's something to apologize for God I'll be honest with you I I didn't pull out a piece of paper at that moment (laughs) and start writing I yeah well, Lord, I tried to reason. He said, come let us reason together. You know, I said, Lord, you know, if I do that, that'll be like confirmation to this error that they're in. And then they'll think that's okay. He said, that's my business. You let me deal with that. And I wasn't ready to do it. I'll just be frank with you. I was not ready to do it. They, they really rubbed me the wrong way. And uh, the Lord said, son, I don't mean I heard a voice now, but inside me, he's talking to my heart. He said, Son, you are in a position to cause problems or to stop them right now. He said, If you go, if you go talk to the leaders on this, this thing could blow up. It could really get out of hand. A lot of hard feelings, even separation before this is over. But you could humble yourself, apologize, Ask him to, don't apologize for what I told you to say, cause I did tell you to say that. But apologize if you didn't say it right, or if you come across in the wrong way, or too hard, or without wisdom, or whatever. Apologize for that. He said, you can stop some things right now. It can just be, just squelched. Just like that. Save hard feelings and arguments and problems and troubles. I thought, well, that might be right. And then, and then, and this is what did him. He said, son, would you do it for me? Well, (laughs) it's all over now. I mean, it's all over but the writing. Right? Would I do it for him? That's a completely different deal. Right? Would I do it for him? Yes, yes, yes. Forgive me for hesitating. Would I do it for you? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'll do a lot of things for you. You name it. You want me to go grovel. I don't, he wouldn't ask you to do that normally. But if you want me to do it. For you. Do you see what I'm talking about now? How that your love and feelings for a person might not be strong enough <laughs> to motivate you in a thing. But when you do it as unto the Lord. And your love for him, it'll bring you up to a higher place where you can do things for people that you would have never felt like doing or been willing to do just on their account. But because you love God so much and he asked you to do it, you do it. Willingly. Amen. I wrote the letter. It did exactly what he said. It just stopped it all right there. it just stopped. That was the end of it. never heard any more out of it. Everybody was back at the other meetings and loved each other and went right on. And I said, "Forgive me, Lord, for being hesitating, because isn't that better than a protri of months of fussing and arguing and people getting miffed and leaving? I mean, isn't that better? And that's why the Lord said, "Would you do it for me? Because he loves everybody involved. He didn't want any strife. He wants this stopped before the devil can get in any further. Would you do it for me? Everybody say that out loud. Would you do it for me? What's your answer? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Lord. For you? Would you forgive them and forget about it for me? Yeah, for you? Yeah. Would you be kind to them? I know, I know they act like they hate you, but would you be kind to them and do something nice for them? Would you do it for me? He says. Yeah. Yeah. Our love for God should be the strong, the now you know I don't always use all-inclusive identifiers and qualifiers, but our love for God should be the strongest motivation in our life. Why do you get up and read your Bible, huh? Say it out loud because I, I love God. Why do you give in the offerings? Hmm? Not just because you believe in your church, because you love God. Say it out loud because I love God. Why do you pray? Because I love God. Why do you help other people? I love God. Why would you forgive them and let it go? Because I love God. Mean things they did to you, but you release it. I love God. And turn around and do something nice for them. Why would you do it? Even though you don't even want to be around them, why would you do it? Because I love God. Why would you get up and, and give it your best? I mean, I don't care if you're flipping hamburger patties or pumping gas. Why would you do go Just go beyond and do an extra good job and and just do everything with excellence. Why? Because everybody knows you're a Christian and you're representing him and you're not just doing it for that paycheck. You're not just a hireling and you're not just doing it unto those people. And when they're around watching you, you're doing it as unto the Lord. Why do you do such a good job? Because I love God. God. Because I love God. Because I love God. Because I love God. Why you bite your lip and instead of chewing somebody else? You go, God loves you. And I do too. I'm going to pray for you. Huh? Why do you control your temper? Why do you control your words? Why would you do that? How? Tell me, tell me real loud. Huh? Why? Come on, do you really? Do you really? Why you go to church? not just because you like us because you love God because you love God that's why you forgive that's why you sow that's why you release that's why you're kind that's why you're patient that's why you witness that's why you help other people that's why you pay off stuff for other people you don't even have to like them Right? right? I've had people come to me before and go I don't much like you I had him say this. I don't I don't much care for you. But the Lord's dealt with me to give you this. Huh? Well, they're telling me a positive thing. They, even they don't like me, they love God. And if he told them to do something, they'd do something for something they don't even care for. Because they love him. Well, you do that long enough. Next thing you know, they'll be loving me too. Right? That's how it starts. That's how it works. Stand up on your feet, please. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Close your eyes, if you would. Father, we thank you for your goodness and graciousness. If we've come short in areas because of a lack of love for you and not realized it, forgive us and open our eyes and help us to see tonight and tomorrow and in the days to come. Help us to see we're not just dealing with people. We're not just doing things for people. But it is unto you we should be seeing it and thinking about it and doing it. Remind us of this continuously till it's etched in our consciousness and until everything we say and everything we do we do it from the heart as unto the Lord. If you believe that say Amen. Amen, amen means so be it. So be it to me and you. Oh hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands and praise Him a little bit. Oh, thank you. Tell the Lord, I love you, Lord. I love you more than anybody, anything. I love you above all. You are my first love. My first love. Above all, you're not second. You're first. First, first, first. Whatever you say, I will do. Whatever you direct, I will obey. I'll do it willingly, because I love you. You are my God, and I love you. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church.